0: back to another episode of the Cast. Are you hoping to learn more about unions or progressive movements? Then you're in the right spot. I'm Brittany Nisbet, she, her pronouns.
1: I'm Tiffany Balducci, she, her pronouns, uh, joined today by my uh, baby Zoe, who's three months old, Um. um, reminding you, yeah, she's here today, (laughs) uh, reminding you that we're the only podcast of our kind, combining union info, pop culture, and more. Kicking ass for the working class, one podcast at a time. Whether you're a member of CUPE, in a union, wish you were in a union, or just found us while browsing, you're definitely in the right place.
2: And I'm Elise Leelai, she, her pronouns. And today we have a super special guest with us. We have Mo Al Qasim. Mo is the CUPE Ontario Young Workers Representative, the CUPE Local 1281 President, and he's also very active in the Palestine Liberation Movement. So welcome, Mo. Yay. Yay.
3: Thank you for that introduction. And in this episode of the QP cast, I'll be taking over uh, the QP cast hosting duties and interviewing the amazing trio Tiffany, Brittany, and Elise so that all of you can get to know them better. So let's jump right into it. All
1: right. Awesome. Awesome. We're also with my cat, Gravy. I forgot to introduce her, but I'm sure people (laughs) can hear her meowing in the background too. But that's nothing new. Gravy's been a host
0: already. She has, she's very popular, and she's popular on Twitter. Um, so just kind of, this is this is just going to be a very different episode, um, very different from what you folks have all heard before, and just so you can uh, get a little bit of an understanding of what we're doing here is, uh, so Mo is here, and he is going to interview us, he's going to ask us a bunch of questions. We have... Um, Some that we came up with, some that we just like thought of. Mo can ask whatever he wants if he doesn't like anything that we have on our list, Uh, and we have just like a little random wheel that he's gonna spin, uh, and every time it lands on a number, that's the number of the question we're gonna go with. So we'll see how this goes.
3: (laughs) So we'll begin with our first spin, and it's spinning away, and all right. So the first question, since we're on a podcast, what is your favorite podcast to listen to?
1: Ooh, That's a great start. I can go, yeah, I can go first because I um, was just thinking this earlier today, so it's in my head. Oh, maybe I won't go first if uh, Zoe wants to also talk. But um, right now, being a new mom, I listen to a lot of mom podcasts, like the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast is one. Um, but a socialist podcast I listen to is called the Trillbilly Workers Party, and it's about... Um, uh these three i think now there's four of them uh they say they're you know hillbilly socialists hillbilly socialists from um eastern kentucky that talking about socialism in the states and that's really interesting but i'll uh i'll let someone else go because zoe has a lot to say right now
2: (laughs) for sure well speaking of socialist podcasts one of my favorites is by spring magazine uh which is a socialist group that i'm part of um but they have a really cool podcast where they talk about a wide range of current issues and it's also a really great educational tool so they've spoken about tamil liberation palestinian liberation paid sick days and more Um, but another podcast that I really enjoy is called the homecoming podcast which is by Dr. Tama and uh, Dr. Tama was actually recently named the president elect of the American psychological association, which is really cool. And she's also a minister and a psychologist and the homecoming podcast has a lot to do with mental health. Um, so she talks about things like activating courage, cultivating hope, dealing with burnout and creating boundaries and honestly like her podcast for me just feels like therapy um but she also makes a really great point at the beginning of her podcast to always say that her podcast is not a replacement to therapy but i absolutely love those two podcasts oh interesting
0: that sounds good yeah um so the one that I listen to a lot is called "Nevertheless She Existed," and so it's like a feminist history one, but it's also comedic. So it talks about uh, women who were historic, who you know helped move the feminist la- the feminist movement. Um, it's two folks from new york city who do it so the one person's name is molly gaby and the other one is kylie holloway so they're the hosts and we just go through women's history uh it's it's really funny they're quick too they're about 20 to 25 minutes long so they're you can listen to a lot of them all at once So cool
2: what was it called again i really like the title but i can't remember the name that you just said
0: it's called nevertheless she existed oh i love that yeah there's a a quote that's like
2: nevertheless she persisted yeah i love that
0: yeah, I like that one a lot. Good first question
1: to start off with on a mm-hmm. podcast. Well, hopefully, the people listening to this
3: podcast would choose this one as their favorite. <laughs> 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 Thank you
1: for saying that, saying
3: that, Mo. Yeah. Awesome. So we're gonna spin the uh, we're gonna spin the wheel again, and the next question is, what is your favorite union-related memory?
0: Oh. I like that one. Can I go first? I have one. Yeah, go for it. Right. I was actually thinking about it today. So it was actually, um, I can't remember, it was like three or four years ago today now, uh, when we, well, we, I mean like folks from QP Ontario went to the Mississauga, um, oh, the Mississauga Canada Post. Um, uh, oh, the blockade. the blockade? Yes, and we blockaded everything because the, Canada, the uh, Cup W folks were on strike, and then they got legislated back to work. So then we went to the Mississauga Canada Post warehouse, or I think it was a warehouse, shipping depot, and we blocked all the entrances and exits. So we allowed like the workers to come into work because, of course, we didn't want them to stop stop them from working. But we, uh, we, we're, we were there for a while. I think I got there at like... 4 30 in the morning and i don't think we left until i didn't leave until about three o'clock in the afternoon but it was great it was it was a great day like that is probably one of my favorite memories
1: i think that was like a couple years ago on today exactly right yeah because
0: i've seen lots of pictures online
2: online.
1: yeah it was super fun well and it was like really exciting too because it was like an actual blockade i would say that's probably one of my favorite union related memories too i have a similar one where a bunch of us before a qp ontario board meeting a few years ago, we went. We got the call from another union, which I don't even remember the union now. Uh, maybe it was Teamsters Local. I can't remember, but they were asking for help to actually stop scabs from coming into a, a warehouse. Um, and so we had to get there. We left. Um, we left like in the middle of the night. Well, I don't know. It was like four a.m. And a bunch of us got there. And we just uh, blockaded the whole warehouse before the scabs, like the van of the scabs show up of the replacement workers. And we just physically blocked them from coming in and stood there for a long time and sang songs and everything. And then we... Uh, we won. The the vans drove away. And uh, and then like, I think later that day, they got a deal, the folks in the um, factory. So we provided solidarity. Um, I wrote an article at the time for it for rank and file. So we can maybe put that in our show notes because right now my brain is foggy on the details, but it was a lot of fun and also providing solidarity as well.
2: Oh, that's really cool. Um, for my favorite memory, it's kind of tough, but I'm going to go with a somewhat recent memory that was virtual, non-person. Um, but I took part in the CUPE, uh National person Training, and it was just like such a solid group of people. There might have been about like 25 of us in it, and it was a really great like educational opportunity for me. I'm still fairly new to the labor movement. I only really became active maybe about a year or so ago. Um, So it's still fairly new, but it was a really great learning experience for me, learning from all the folks who were like staff members and all of the members who were there. And we talked a lot about like trauma-based approaches um, in supporting people. And I really appreciated that space to be in.
1: That's a great program. program. I'm glad glad. that you did that, Elise. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. awesome. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And we always love to hear stories about ticket lines. Yeah. 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 But it's awesome to hear also about virtual... you you know because when I'm racking my brain okay what have we done but like there's been so many great um experiences virtually that kind of like maybe stick in your memory bank a little differently than when you're in person Mm -hmm.
3: oh yeah absolutely all right so I did spin the wheel (laughs) 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 while we were uh talking the last five seconds and the next question is is there a song that you can't stop listening
1: to Oh. oh, that's a good mm. one. Does so I'm—I yeah, have an
0: answer. I am re-listening to Taylor Swift's Red because she re-recorded all of them. So I've been re-listening to that—that uh, that album for a while now. <laughs> so it's not like a specific song; it's just that entire album.
2: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah, the one that's like Taylor's version, like the new reissued one. Is that it? The, yeah, yeah. And now like everyone's asking like. Jake Gyllenhaal, where's the scarf like that? <laughs> like the 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 whole uh, what's going on? Because that song, what is it, red? That's so super, supposedly about Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Mm-hmm. I think. It's like, oh okay. <laughs> I've just recently learned. I wasn't a huge, um, I don't know, Taylor Swift fan when like the first round of that album came out. But this this album, this time it came out now, I was listening to it a bit. Um, And I would say a song I can't stop listening. So, like I said, new mom here. So a lot of the songs I'm listening to are, um, bait, like (laughs) baby shark and (laughs) kids songs and stuff like that. I know it's very catchy and kids love it from a very young age. I can attest with even a three month old finds it very, uh, enchanting. Um, so I have like a whole playlist on my, um, on my phone or like wherever that I can, that's like for my daughter, Zoe. So it's like her favorite songs or what I feel like are her favorite songs that she reacts to um, really well. And also there's one that she listens to over and over again, and it's kind of uniony, it's by Billy Bragg and Wilco. And, um, it's called, uh, way over in the, um, way over yonder in the minor key. Um, yeah, so yeah, Way Over Yonder in the Minor Key. It could be a, it could be an old song that they're re-singing, I'm not sure. But, um, it's like, it's a really beautiful song. So Way Over Yonder in the Minor Key by Billy Bragg and Wilco is what I will suggest.
2: Oh, nice.
1: Or what I've been listening to and I suggest.
2: Ooh, okay, so the one that I've been look- listening to recently is by Willow Smith, Tyler Cole and the Anxiety. It's called Meet Me at Our Spot. It's actually a really popular song right now, um, and I really like it. So then I decided that I would go listen to like their full album, but I'm definitely not cool enough to listen to their whole album and like be really into it, but I do absolutely love this song <laughs> and would definitely recommend folks to listen to it. I'm the That's kind of awesome. person that like puts a song on repeat for like an hour and can't stop listening to it.
1: <laughs> That's great. I'm like opening up my music on my iPhone right now to put that song on there.
0: <laughs> that song is all over TikTok right now
2: too, I think. Oh okay. oh, okay.
0: I think. I don't know. I have like two videos on TikTok. I don't understand it. I try. <laughs> I think it's just like ever so slightly too much for me. I don't know. Either way, I know I've seen it a lot on TikTok. It's a good song. I've <laughs> heard it a lot on TikTok. It is a good song.
3: It's actually really it's actually really funny that we we got this question because Spotify rap just came out today oh yeah Actually, yesterday might have been so you could have checked your spotify <laughs> playlist and been like oh that's what i can't stop oh
2: right 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 yeah because spotify wrapped is like it shows you like what song you've been listening to the most or what artists you've been listening to the most right uh,
1: so mo were you on there what's yours are we allowed to ask you questions mo <laughs> uh
3: as the host uh,
1: <laughs>
3: i i can't remember to be honest yeah 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 but I'm definitely gonna check it afterwards. For sure. For sure. I think it could have. I. I don't know. It. It probably would have been, um, something by Drake. I. I love the last album. But also, guilty pleasure is like Doja Cat. Oh. Yeah. I, I, like I. I love Doja Cat songs, <laughs> <laughs> even though it's really poppy. But, uh, yeah. It's just I don't know. She has some really nice music. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So we're spinning away. And the next question is, if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what
1: would it be and why? Well, oh, that's a good one. That's a hard one just to answer off the cuff. Yeah, sure. that is a really hard one. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, what first pops into my head without, like, overthinking it too much. And um, something that's been that I've been researching a lot lately and thinking of is, you know, like the mental load and um, and what uh it could also be called you know cognitive labor like it's basically like the invisible like non-tangible tasks and running a household and um and so my partner (laughs) rory's gonna love that i'm bringing this up but uh it's usually known as like the women's like invisible labor it usually falls on the women or Mm -hmm. in um same gender relationships there's usually one partner that it falls to more than the other maybe one who might be slightly more organized or that kind of thing and um so i i don't know maybe i'd have a billboard that would just be like you know um let's let's talk about the mental load or let's equalize the mental load so uh both uh you know and even that comes to like committees too like I'm sure we all know we all remember what it was like in high school to be maybe the person who was doing the most of the group project for example yes that was was me me. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um I think that's the mental load as well right and you just kind of quietly do it and then everyone gets you know the credit for it so I think I'd do something on the billboard around that and I guess I already said my reasons why
2: that's a not good really, one. Yeah, I think, not very, it's
1: kind of deep. <laughs> not very, like, pop culture or anything like that.
2: I think mine would be, I work at a student's union, so I think it would be free education um, because I work at a student's union. And I often, and I also personally know how expensive it is for people to go to school and, like, how people have to take out private loans. They have OSAP. Some people can't get either of those. Um, and it just puts such a such a burden on folks because you're trying to pay attention to school but then you also have to work like additional jobs so that you can fund your education and be afford to live and afford to live and then on top of that some folks still can't afford like food to even eat um so i would really love to see free education on a billboard
0: that's a good one that's a really good one i As soon as you said billboard, the first thing I thought of, just because this is I feel like all I've been talking about lately, is the election in six months. (laughs) All I could think about is something to do with like making sure that the conservative government is like a one term government. I don't know what exactly I would put on the billboard like verbiage wise, but it would be something about getting Ford and his conservative pals out of out out of out of ontario out of out of queens park like i just it would be something along those lines like fire ford Ford.
2: yeah yeah, fire
0: ford or like i
2: was gonna say i think (laughs) get ford out 2022 or something was like a popular like it was trending on twitter actually the other day i saw
0: saw. yes like a hashtag Mm -hmm. or even something along the lines of how like Yes, it's wonderful that we have the $15 minimum wage. However, you do realize that he actually canceled that three years ago. So, like, please don't fall for his tricks because it's not. It, it, this is not new. Like, it's, ugh, it anyways. I could go on for a while about <laughs> That's a good it, billboard. but it'd be something along word. those lines. I love it. I Love it. Thank you.
1: We can do a podcast episode on it too, for sure.
0: <laughs> if we could. That'd be cool because I'd like election. to just go yeah, off we and should. talk we about should. it we all should. day. <laughs>
1: That'd
3: be, that'd be like a QP cast special. Yeah. <laughs> once the, once the conservatives are out of office.
1: Oh. Oh yeah, then a oh, celebration. Yeah, a celebration. <laughs> Bonus episode.
3: <laughs> awesome. Ooh. Okay, so the next question is, what is your favorite TV series of the month?
1: Of the month. Oh. Mine's not very exciting right now. I mean, it's like, I have a couple and I don't know if Brittany's going to be the same. Like I've just recently gotten into Survivor. So that's one that I'm like, ooh, I wanna watch that. But it's not like I'm binge watching it, it's just on every week. And then um, also, I am a big fan of some terrible, or what some people would call terrible television. Uh, Right now, there's a whole bunch of, like, Real Housewives on. So there's, like, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. There's a Real Housewives girls trip where they're all, like, different housewives from different franchises are all uh, on a trip together. So I'm just, like, watching that probably because I just want something that's, like, brain candy uh, when I'm, you know, just, like, have a little bit of free time. (laughs)
2: Oh, nice! I think for myself, I'm actually not really big into watching TV. But one series that my mom and I were watching at the very beginning of the month, kind of ending Halloween season off, um, was I know what you did last summer. They actually created it into like kind of like a TV show, and it's like a newer version with like newer like teens, and that was a really fun um, series to watch, and it has a really cool spin at the very end that I really liked. Ooh, I have to check it out.
0: Mine is yeah, my, my action. So I was similar to Tiffany. Like, I'm kind of going through a thing with Survivor. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I decided to rewatch it this year. Uh, so Survivor is the first one, but then the other one is uh, The Bachelorette. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love trashy TV. Uh, that is definitely, like, my thing. Like, when I just, I come home from, like, a 12-hour shift, and I take a shower, and I sit down with a cup of tea in my pajamas, and I put on my trash TV. And just like you said, Tiffany, like, brain candy. I just, you know, I just indulge myself. I, I love it. So, yeah, I, it's tied for me between Survivor and The Bachelorette, mm-hmm. because, especially because Survivor is on, so just so you folks know, we're recording on a Wednesday, so Survivor is on tonight. That's why it's in my brain. Ah. (laughs) I know survivor
1: night. Oh, but also I'd be remiss. Everyone knows I love Saved by the Bell. And, um, the reboot of, like, season two of the reboot, which is, like, really cute. I think it's done really well. Um, I know some people disagree, some hard, but it's, um, one of the writers is, uh, has a podcast, um, dedicated to the old Saved by the Bell called oh. Zach Morris's Trash, and it's all about, like, kind of, like, through a feminist lens, like, all the really crappy things that Zach Morris actually did, um, like, cause a <laughs> teacher strike, for example. Um, but, uh, but, uh, anyway, so I want to watch the new, the second season of, um, Saved by the Bell reboot
2: Hmm How long has Survivor Been on the air for? I feel like that series Is gonna like outlive me Yeah
1: Yeah.
0: It's This is This is and Tiffany, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think I think it's this is 40 season 41. Wow,
2: yes. that's yes. wild.
0: Survivor 41. <laughs> yeah,
1: but it
2: doesn't Older mean 41 me.
0: years. It's
2: oh, been um okay.
1: it's been on cuz some of the seasons have been like twice in one year, oh, but it's been okay. on for since I was in I think since I was in high school, so quite a long time.
2: Yeah. Impressive.
3: Indeed. All right. So, the next question and I'm gonna be adding a caveat to this. Oh. <laughs> there, are so many, there are so many amazing labor campaigns that uh, have existed uh, through our time. Tell us about one that is, is, that is special to you or is the most inspiring to you. Now, if this campaign is a campaign that you've worked on, then you're gonna have to disclose that and also share with us a campaign that
1: inspired you but
3: you weren't on oh, weren't on. oh okay. okay.
1: that's interesting I can go first with um, I'm not sure if I'll have okay so one there's been a lot of labor campaigns okay actually one that's inspiring to me that just jumped in my head that I wasn't involved in I'll start on that is the 2018 West Virginia teacher strike um, and uh, I know it's not Canada, um, but it did inspire a whole bunch of other strikes because what happened was, um, you know, they were amongst, they were extremely low paid. They had high healthcare care costs. Uh, they couldn't, um, uh, you know, there were a lot of uh, teachers with multiple jobs working, you know, in other industries or working as like uh, servers and restaurants on the side or whatever. And um, their leadership of their union was calling on them to accept uh, not so great uh, collective agreement, and they organized amongst themselves and took out. Um, so they voted against it, uh, what their leadership was telling them to do, and then had a successful strike with twenty thousand teachers and public school employees and education workers. It wasn't just teachers um, that walked that were on strike, and they um inspired a bunch of others like in Arizona, Colorado, Oklahoma. And that doesn't say it happened overnight. They were doing deep organizing with mm-hmm. um through the training with Jane McAlevey. And it's amazing and it's inspiring um how many in in traditionally what's known as red states or you know conservative states that they uh were able to do that and get such a great um response from the public and that pressure was coming from everywhere. Um Uh, you know, behind like rallies and demonstrations. And um, it became a wildcat because teachers refused back-to-work orders from their own union. Uh, So it was really inspiring and they were able to make some serious gains. So that's one that um, I I think of as a huge inspiration. And one of the campaigns I was involved in was actually an internal campaign at a CUPE National Convention, uh, the fight Mm. for strike pay from the first day. So I find that like, I was really excited to be part of that. And I was, I was on the resolutions. I was Ontario's rep to the resolutions committee that helped bring that forward. And so my role was to get that resolution on the order paper. And I, you know, even if it was the last one, we would figure out how to get to it um, because they were, it was being told to be buried and not even make it on the order paper. So I had to work the whole week. (laughs) <laughs> like, to get it on the paper by having, like, side conversations. I think oh. I even cried at one point. Like, oh I was no. working, yeah. I was, trying like, cause I was like, please just get it on the paper. And oh. then we had this, um... We read through the rules um, and the procedures and like parliamentary procedure and the rules of convention that we saw that there was a way to table some of the resolutions once the order paper hit. So someone made a motion to table some of the resolutions so that the strike pay from the first day resolution would be heard first, which they've since changed that (laughs) after we were successful in utilizing it. Um, And we didn't know if we'd have the votes, uh, but it was very close. uh, But once once it was heard, once it hit the floor, we used some little parliamentary uh, know-how And then uh, it was, I think it was a standing vote and it was super close, but we got it. And now it's something that people just kind of say, yes, and this is what's so great about CUPE. We pay members um, strike pay from the, from day one. And we have like a healthy strike fund and we're there for our members, which is true. Mm -hmm. But people forget that it took us a few years to get that. And that it was a fought battle on the convention floor, which is inspiring Mm -hmm. for future battles that will be fought on convention floors.
2: For sure.
0: I think mine okay, so I have to think about this, but I think okay. So I worked on this one, sort of. But I'll explain it. So I actually really liked and Tiffany, you did a ton of work on this one. The Community's not cuts campaign. Oh, yeah. Um at least
1: the two at the end, yeah.
0: At least yes, well, at least. Well I shouldn't say at the too.
1: end, but at least worked on it, yeah.
0: Yeah, I really liked that one, especially because um, we were able to create like our own communities, not cuts committees within our region. So mm-hmm. I'm from the Niagara region. And so the Niagara uh, District CUPE Council created their own little communities, not not little, we were you know, big. our big. own. Yeah, it was it was great. So we com- we had our own committee and we would go to events and like we would talk to people and we'd have conversations. And I remember specifically at one point we went to a parade, it was the grape and wine parade. So if you're in the Niagara region, you know that like, the grape and wine is a big deal. So we always have a parade on the Sunday. Um, it's like a week long celebration. So we went to the grape and wine parade and we were like walking and having conversations with every single person that was there. And we had shirts that said is Not Cuts. We had the the name of the of the Niagara District CUPE Council on the back, all the locals that were affiliated. So that, I really enjoyed that campaign. I enjoyed actually talking to like, not just activists, but regular mm. people, regular citizens. Like in this case, it was just people who were going to pray with their families. And so we were talking to them about the importance of the community and not the cuts like the Doug Ford government was trying to impose. But because I worked on that one, I guess I, I have to give another one. So in the one that I haven't worked on is I haven't actually worked on the 15 and fairness campaign. I have mm. watched it mm. evolve over time. And I think that that is just fantastic and I know that it has a new name right now and it's I'm blanking Justice for Workers (laughs) Justice for Workers because I know at least you work on that one Mm -hmm. right so I I have liked how nimble that campaign and the people who help with like work that campaign are and how they're constantly changing and reevaluating and rejigging and how that campaign has happened for so long. And I think in our last episode, uh, Tiffany actually said like she remembers it when it was like the $14. Yeah, 14 um, now. 14 <laughs> and now. So I just really like how that one has just transitioned and it just keeps going and building that momentum.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my favorite campaign that I've been a part of is definitely the fight for 15 and fairness um, so many really great people are part of that campaign and it's also a multi-generational campaign so it's like so many different types of people who are part of the campaign It's which is one thing that I absolutely love about it um, the one that I think that I've been that I haven't been a part of that I find really inspiring um, is one that we've talked about in the past episode um, but it's the foodsters United campaign um, mm. this is the campaign that worked towards unionizing mobile app delivery couriers who are working at Fedora and and, Juan. Um, and this campaign was actually really like at the height of it is actually right when I joined the kp 1281 executive for the very first time as the communications officer. And at first, when I started in that position, I didn't really know what to do. And then I heard about what was happening with the folks at Fedora. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the perfect thing for me to start posting about. Um, so mm-hmm. I absolutely love that campaign. Um, and I think it's amazing how they mobilize low wage workers who are in a decentralized working environment to join together. I think a lot of people, including myself, didn't realize that like that would be possible to like be able to like plug in and get all those people from all those different communities to work together. Um, so I absolutely love that they were able to do that.
1: Yeah, those are also inspirational. I love it.
2: Mm-hmm. And if you want to learn more about the uh, campaign that they're currently running, that gig workers are running, you can check out gigworkersunited.ca or just check out our latest podcast, Ca- "Canadian oh, yeah. Labor Movement Wins." Yep,
1: yeah. those so are good ones. Good
3: are some really good campaigns <laughs> and shout out to the three of you for actually doing an, a lot of doing a lot of the work on them oh awesome, thank, thank you, you. <laughs> and thanks What's for doing nice? all the work awesome. that you do as well oh yeah oh, definitely thank <laughs> you. awesome so actually before i go to the next question i did check my spotify and my my most <laughs> <laughs> my most listened to artist was jay-z oh nice,
1: nice. that's funny oh. okay and um I don't know if I should say it. But, uh, so, you know, I think listeners know that I'm from the States originally. I've lived in Canada for a long time. But um, when I, because, you know, in Canada, Zed is often said. And uh, and so I always think of, um, in Canada, Jay-Z is referred to as J Z. That's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> oh, that's oh, God. hilarious.
3: Yeah. Oh, my God. But okay, Jay-Z is so amazing. That is really funny. I love him. All right. So I spent the wheel like a few times Mm -hmm. and the most uh recurring number was number three okay and i wouldn't want to be asked this question (laughs) (laughs) but you will be uh what is a piece of advice that you'd give to your 18 year old self
1: oh that's a good one
3: i love
2: this question this is also a really great great question if you ever want to do like an icebreaker for a group of people it makes people think a lot but I, i always love the answers that come out of them Mm-hmm. And I think for myself, I would say knowing like when to leave, like friendships, relationships, organizing spaces, family members, et cetera, I feel like I, like in the past, like I couldn't leave things because I didn't want to feel like a quitter um, and I always felt like I had to always like keep trying. Um, but sometimes that left me with resentment towards people or different organizing groups. And I think it's important if you're not feeling valued or respected by certain people or certain spaces, then it's okay to leave for your own sanity and well-being. There are billions of people in the world, and maybe millions or billions of organizing groups that you can join, especially now with virtual organizing being more coordinated around the world. So I mm-hmm. definitely would let myself know that it's okay to leave spaces and people. That's
1: really well said, too like that's i I need to hear that advice right now, so thank you for <laughs> giving it to your younger self as well as uh, as as uh, all of our listeners and and to us here um, I think advice that I give to my younger self at age 18 would be, um, to stop second guessing yourself, like to Mm. listen to your, yeah. Like I, and I still do this and I try not to, um, to just know that to, to, you know to be my authentic self but to also know that what i'm saying is you know true and valid and i know um, i have a lot of you know wealth of information of where i'm coming from i'm a well-researched individual mm-hmm. and a lot of times um, especially when i was younger i would be quite deferential to be like oh well maybe i'm wrong or oh maybe maybe i shouldn't say this or i shouldn't do this or um and to just like trust my gut trust who i am be and stop second guessing, you know, or overthinking afterwards what I did, Mm. (laughs) staying up at night and saying, oh, was that okay?" Because looking back on it, um, you know, I've done some amazing things and I didn't need to second guess it at all. It was it was what was right. And I was I was a strong person doing what I'm doing. So I would that's what I would try to give my advice
0: for.
2: I love that. And definitely something that I can still use for advice today. (laughs)
0: And mine,
2: I think, is so
0: okay uh mine would be my advice would be to my 18 year old self would be you will be okay and mm. the reason I say that is because when I was 18 um I actually went through a huge shift in with my family there was a lot going on um a lot of family drama uh and a lot, I it, it was just it was it was It was insane. It was a lot, Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of things that I didn't think I would ever have to deal with. Um, I'm not going to get into all of the details, but I felt like sometimes 18-year-old Brittany couldn't see where she was going to be in the next 12 hours Mm -hmm. or where Mm -hmm. she was going to be in the next month or where she was going to be in the next like two months and um, it was such a time of a lot of change in my life and I didn't know if I was going to be okay and I didn't know what my life was going to look like and I didn't know what my future was going to hold and now like I'm I'm 32 so, so now like my life is way different than I ever thought it was going to be but I'm so happy with the life that I've built and I'm so proud of myself for the things that I went through uh, when I was 18 and then through into my 20s. So I think mine would honestly just be like, 18 year old Brittany, it's okay. You will be okay and you will come out and you will be so dang proud of yourself and how how much you have changed in for a, like, in a positive way. Like mm-hmm. there, there was a lot of growth in my 18 to like now. There's been so, I, it's been full of growth and I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself for for all of the things that I've dealt with, uh, and and where I am now, that's awesome. awesome. Well, what do they
1: say? The growth happens in discomfort, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to like that sounds like overgeneralizing, and I'm sure like you know trauma, no one wants that, of course. And you know, there can be horrible things that happen, and it doesn't, and they, it doesn't mean that it happened for any reason whatsoever. But to come out on the other end and uh, and feel stronger, that's inspirational for sure. Yeah. Oh, we ended on a, on a happy, oh happy one. Well, I actually, I have one more question for all of us because it was one of the ones we were batting around and I know we're wrapping up, but I just, I have to know out of the three of us, who would survive the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh i don't know Um, i like my mom watches a lot of zombie movies i'm not really into the zombie genre i like horror but not really zombie um but she's given me lots of tips in terms of like how to survive a zombie apocalypse but i actually think it would come down to Brittany or tiffany because i feel like you're both really good at like talking to people so i feel like you would be able to like negotiate with the zombies especially because you also have collective bargaining experience too right so you'd be able to like negotiate with the zombie maybe
1: there we go, because we're used to negotiating with employers that don't mm-hmm. use their brains sometimes, yeah. and zombies yeah. don't have brains. I don't know. I think we all could, in our own way, um, survive it. I don't know. I, I'm not uh, super... Uh, I don't know. I, there's a lot of violence, right, when the zombie apocalypse, mm-hmm. and I don't know how good I would be with, with that, but I, if it came to trying to use my wits about me or talk to other people to organize, I think we could all organize a union or some kind of collective action
2: yeah, yeah. against the zombies. We could organize a union against the zombies. That's a good point.
0: <laughs> so, I actually so so this is a fun t- fun thing about me. So, I cannot actually watch horror or zombie or anything like that. Like I, if I am, if I am like just watching TV and something to do with zombies comes on, I actually feel like sick to my stomach. Mm -hmm. Like I can't handle it. I just feel Mm -hmm. very, like I just get this gross feeling. Uh, So I would be terrified. Like, I would be so scared. Uh, I would, however, I would, like, probably hunker down and, like, you know, I would get feisty. But I would just, the whole zombie thing, they just gross me out. Yeah. Mm. Like, it just grosses me out. So I would run away. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so I would survive, but I would tactic. run away. That good is tactic. a good tactic, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would run away with my cats and Matthew and just, like, exist somewhere. I don't know how I would do it, but it would happen. <laughs>
2: Um, um, that, was that was a fun wrap up. Yeah.
1: That was. Thanks for Thanks indulging me. <laughs> <indulging.
2: laughs> oh, no problem.
3: No one said start the picket line.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, we there we go. That would be
3: an important could, tactic yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good one, though. <both. laughs> awesome. Oh. So off to you, Brittany.
0: Well, that was so fun. Um, we hope that all of you, our listeners, enjoyed this episode as much as we all have. We thank you so much uh, for tuning in to this episode of the QP Cast. Remember, if you have any comments or topic ideas, please send them to info at qp.on.ca.
1: Yes, please do. We love any feedback you might have. Uh, We also want to thank our amazing producer, Mohamed Akbar, for his talents in making us sound profesh AF. And the QP Ontario staff, this podcast would not, could not exist without you.
2: Yes, and a special big thank you to Mo for being such an amazing host tonight. Uh, We love switching places with you.
1: Yay, yes, yes, you were awesome. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming. And and finally, we want to wish you all a very happy new year. Um here's to 2022, which seems so weird to say, yeah. uh, that it will be 2022, a year where we will be bold and we will be brave, a year where we will stand stand strong against conservative governments, hopefully in Ontario vote a conservative government out. Yep. Uh and a year where we will demand and continue to dem- demand better for all workers. Sending solidarity.